guys, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in and a big thank you especially to anyone who's watching us live. My name's Lauren, this is my producer Liam. Hello. And uh, a big, big thank you to everyone who's been kind of giving us super chats. Uh, if you want to support the show, that's a big help. We are going to go through them, but we usually wait until about an hour into the show. It yep. just flows better that way. So really appreciate any uh, any donations you guys make during that way or through that way. Also, if you want to not only support our show, but also get a whole bunch of other cool content like, I don't know, Steven Crowder's show, uh, Glenn Beck, Mark Levin, Ali Stuckey, Chad Prather, Graham Allen, um, let's see, John Miller with the White House Brief. You can subscribe at blazetv.com slash Lauren. Uh, that's probably honestly the best way to consistently make sure that you're helping us keep the lights on and making yeah. sure that we're not reliant on the, uh, I guess, the YouTube monetization, which, as I'm sure you guys know is uh, in kind of short supply nowadays. And that's what we do in lieu of uh, Patreon as well. Yeah, so. that's true. Like we're not we're not taking anything from Patreon nowadays. If you were a Patreon supporter before or if you would like to be, Blaze TV subscriptions are our new way of doing that. Okay, so we have like a pretty spicy show today. I was looking at like the, the topic list together. It's uh, Muy Caliente. We're going to start off with kids at pride parades. That's just like a, I don't know, to me that is, that's a phrase I should not be saying with those words together. But here we are. Uh, then AOC, uh, we have concentration camps in North America. That's also a thing. Then Bella Thorne's nudes get leaked. This, Yeah, this show is just my goodness. And then finally, reparations. I don't know which is the most controversial story of all of those. But yeah, it'll, it'll be a good show. And then again, uh, if you are giving super chats, we're going to save those until after all those topics have been covered. So it's June. That's Pride Month. And uh, I actually did a tweet about how I feel about Pride Month a few weeks ago. I, I kind of have mixed feelings about it. And I think Pride Month now, it's almost like Christmas in that it means different things to different people. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I mean, you have yeah. Christians who Christmas is like, you know, birth of Christ, big thing. And then you have a lot of other people who it's just a time for family and gifts. Um, so the thing with Pride Month is that for some people, and I think this is probably the majority of people I would like to think, uh, it's just a way to say, hey, I'm gay. And if you're someone who's younger uh, and you're LGBT, don't worry, things get better. You're loved, you're valued, that kind of thing. A lot of people also use it as a way to say, hey, you know, it's great that we have all these equal rights and stuff here, but let's not forget all of the people in other countries who don't have these same protections. Um, you know, a month for pride still seems a bit excessive to me, considering we don't have like months for Veterans Day or right. Royal Day or any of those other holidays. I, I also see a lot of corporatism in here. Oh yeah, you there's know, a, it's a big a corporate virtue signal. Exactly, yeah. it's a way to sell products. I think for no, a lot, for lot of sure, it's like, hey, look at me, I'm supporting this hugely popular movement, aren't I brave? Yeah. Um, but you know, like all of those things, I don't think they're like it's not the worst thing. It's not something I bother to get upset about. Uh, you know, if it's if if your message with pride is about equal rights or suicide prevention, especially, then mm -hmm. that's fine with me. For some though, uh, pride takes a little bit of a mature more adult theme. It's uh, party time. Yeah, party time. Uh, they party a lot differently than I do, I tell you what. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so for some people, Pride Month, and specifically the Pride Parades, uh, are, are an excuse to celebrate, I would, explicit sexual imagery is how I would say. We're, we're going to try our best to keep this show like as PG as possible, which is going to be a little yeah. bit challenging with these topics, but yeah, because we want to, we want to show to the extent that which these some of these periods can go, but also not really because 
it's not for yeah, all ages. Yeah, I don't want to see opinion, that. So you don't want to see that. I don't want to get dichotomy. taken off of yeah, YouTube. It's, it's hard. Um, yeah, so we're going to be in this segment talking about that aspect of Pride Month, like the specific... I don't know, like overt sexuality, the promiscuity, uh, just I'm making this disclaimer because I, I feel like for some people, anytime you say anything about pride as a concept or pride month or pride parades, you're like anti-gay. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Um, just want to make sure that that's not what people think we're talking about. Some people so will, but at least I've done, I've done my part. Um, so we have some images here. That we're gonna pull up, and these are these are the more tame ones. Like, like again, we're being purposefully tame. It gets much worse than this, but we can see at these like these pride parades there. Are, uh, I don't want to assume men, I guess you know, dressing explicitly. Um, there are BDSM displays as well. I don't even know what's what's going on there, and just yeah, uh, is that like a furry gimp suit combination thing? I don't. I don't. Yeah. I would care, rather not. Anyway, it's not my thing. Oh uh, yeah, not not my cup of tea. Um, <laughs> but yeah. is it for children? Yeah, that's that's the question because obviously with this adult content, you know, we're not we're not saying anything about whether you are or are not into it. Your cup of tea, you do you. But Ty is typically, this... what's done in the bedrooms is not the business of the nation. Is one way I've had it put. But yeah. that's not really done in the bedroom. No, right that there. is that's... like right in the middle of the street. Yes. Um, and you know, not only is this a question of is this appropriate to be done in public. People are saying, hey, is this appropriate to be done in front of children? Because um, people are bringing their their kids, their young children. You know, I've seen children in strollers at these pride parades. Um, now, I, I want to make clear with this as well that, you know, these people in gimp suits wearing a horse mask, they're not representative of every gay person. Uh, just in case you didn't know any gay people, they're not all like that. And there are a bunch of gay people who are not into Pride events specifically because of all of these overt sexual displays. And there are also LGBT people who say, if you're going to be doing that kind of thing, then no, don't don't bring the kids to those parades. Um, one HuffPo writer disagrees with us, though, and says, no, actually, Pride parades are very much for children. So we have this piece here. It's a been taking quite a bit of criticism online as you would imagine the title is are pride parades kid friendly parents say children can handle the kink okay here's your first clue that no children can handle the kink if you've <laughs> written that in any way <laughs> that's, where, that's when the cops need to show up yeah no seriously what? like how someone could have maybe like the title specifically wasn't the writers but it was like whoever let this slide you, sh you should have been able to step back and thought hmm Maybe not. Okay, so the, the article starts, Pride is fun for kids and an important cultural festival. There is absolutely no reason not to take our kids to Pride. It's a fun day. There are a lot of bubbles, rainbow streamers, and enjoyable performances. Writer, educator, and publisher S. Bear Burgum told HuffPost Canada. I feel like he's missing some of the things that people don't like about kids in Pride, but we'll continue. Plus, as queer parents, it's one of their cultural festivals, added Bergman, who, at, who attends Toronto Pride every year with his kids. It's their right as queer spawn. Uh, so, yeah, we were saying, like, that sounds like a pejorative term. He <laughs> called his own kids queer spawn. Yeah. I guess, like, can yeah. I? I? I don't. I, I like, feel like I wouldn't be It feels be like they need to be to... removed, sort of thing. Like, they're like something that, like, it's like a zerg or something like that. You don't like, often hear the term spawn used in a positive way. No. Definitely not. No. Not affectionately. No. no. Uh, but as Bergman continues, as a parent, I might want to take my kids to Pride because they might be lesbian, gay, bi, trans, queer, or two-spirit. Love how that's just included now. Uh, putting on her sex therapist hat, 
this other person named Ren emphasized that pride from kink to nakedness is an excellent opportunity for parents to do unbiased sex ed education. Definitely unbiased. Yeah, totally unbiased. Uh, Bergman also pointed out that many children don't even interpret most of what they're seeing in a pride parade as sexual, but rather as dress up or fun. I think that's probably one of the most dangerous things said in this article, but we'll get yeah. to that later. Children benefit from seeing people loving one another. Loving one another very physically, I guess. From seeing diversity and inclusion, children suffer from seeing violence and fear, hatred and divisiveness, Ren said. We found and built our tribe at these gatherings. Um, so the idea that children don't even interpret this as sexual, that's not actually a good thing. That's no. how grooming happens. I know, totally. That's what I was thinking. It almost sounds like apologetics for like maps or something like that. Yeah, you know, like, like that's, that's exactly what you would want children. Like, don't worry, little Timmy, none of this is sexual. And it, it's so disturbing because... If you watch the show, you know I'm a Dr. Phil fan. He has survivors of molestation talking about their experiences, and that's always what they'll say. Like they were told it wasn't sexual. Right. They kind of felt like maybe it should be wrong, but they were being told that it was okay. That's how you kind of confuse children. And you know, it, it's one thing. Every I think city's pride parade is probably a bit different. I think Toronto, San Francisco, the bigger the city, I think the more extravagant, flamboyant it tends to be. Uh, you know, if if you're city or town's pride parade is like literally just people walking around it's kind of like any other parade or mm. celebration you know that's one thing but if if there's an opportunity or sorry if there's a chance that a child might see i don't know anything like a, a sex toy which we've seen on display at certain pride events i don't know just men in bdsm costumes or women whatever this is not like a sex like an orientation thing then no, you shouldn't bring your kid to it. I right. feel like that should be obvious. Yeah, actually, here's another quote from Bergman that, I, that stood out to me in that article, and that is, first of all, nobody likes nakedness more than children. So... I don't... <laughs> yeah, that, that's, a, that's a rough one. You know? Yeah, like this... this and. The thing is, like, when the whole gay marriage thing w was under debate, there were a lot of conservatives who were saying, oh, but the slippery slope, this is going to lead to, like, pedophilia. And I think a lot of people were like, what? That's, that's a logical that's, fallacy. That's a logical you know, fallacy. That's... You're crazy. It kills me that these people are proving the people who said that right. Was it 2015, I believe, that the Supreme Court? Yeah, and in four years, like, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but no, you, you shouldn't be saying, oh, no one loves nakedness more than kids. That's great. Put the kids <laughs> in there. Like, are you, are you serious? And we've already had cases where people, like, maps, like I mentioned earlier, yeah. mind attracted persons as pedophiles who have rebranded in this because they find the term pedophile pejorative yeah so um, they're trying to get in under this new flag of like acceptance yeah. it's just they want to be part of the lgbt and yeah, yeah. they want this and ageism stuff to go away like and to be fair a lot of like lgbt yes. activists or members are so so against this right they like want nothing to do with these people but some of the like the fringe more progressive more far left people they're they're starting to say heck yeah why not let's i mean there was someone who gave a, a ted talk or some something uh this i think she was a german woman who was saying like oh, yeah, yeah it's it's that. just it's just a different sexuality and this is such this is a hard conversation to have with people mm -hmm. the kind of people who do bring their children to this because it's like i feel like some of these parents, especially if they're part of the LGBT community themselves, um, they feel like by saying you can't bring children to this, that you're that you're saying that uh, children can't be around gayness, which is a, a different conversation, right? It's one thing to say, oh, little Timmy, you can't see these two men holding hands versus, mm -hmm. oh, you know, here's a man naked gyrating in a thong. Maybe I don't bring my child to that different conversations Absolutely. and i think you know the thing is just because you like something that doesn't mean it's suitable for children of course. i feel like that shouldn't even need to be said but for some reason we're here like i 
the people who like this like sexual exhibitionism and they're trying to portray it like this positive thing or whatever i mean that's its own thing i might still disagree with you but even if it is okay to do around adults doesn't mean kids should be part of it i like game of thrones i don't think kids should watch game of thrones mm-hmm, i, I like the that. john wick series very violent i don't think kids should watch that and it's, it's okay for some things to be just for adults yeah um, but what's kind of scary is that we we constantly, I feel like almost every other headline nowadays see that there are stories where the, they're trying to bring children more into this world of overt adult sexuality. Um, we we saw this with the whole Desmond is amazing. Yeah, I was going to mention that actually. Yeah, yeah controversy. Uh, uh, what? How old was he? Eight, I believe. Yeah, Eight. little boy um, dressing up as a drag queen and dancing in a bar in front of men like giving him singles if you don't see anything wrong with that or how that might be sexualizing children i i question your use of the english language or just morality in general because some disconnect is happening there because that's definitely what it is and uh you know more i guess widespread than that is that they're actually there's something called drag queen story time now um where like drag queens will come to libraries and read to little children there's we went on their web their website it's like yeah drag queen story hour part of a pride vermont pride week i guess last year um yeah so it's like they they're trying to get little kids together with drag queens and in their about us they say drag queen story hour is just what it sounds like drag queens reading stories to children in libraries schools and bookstores DQSH captures the imagination and play of the gender fluidity of childhood and gives kids glamorous, positive, and unabashedly queer role models. In spaces like this, kids are able to see people who defy rigid gender restrictions and imagine a world where people can present as they wish, where dress-up is real. Um, so that's also strange. And the thing is, like, I... If, if you're a drag queen that's that's fine drag queens are good at makeup i love makeup we like a lot of the same singers and theatrics that's i you know that's fine but the thing is like i i see drag the same way i almost see like burlesque it is an adult form of entertainment uh we've done a video about the whole drag queen kid thing before and we included some clips there of usual very common drag performances and they are very very sexualized um if if you want to watch that that's fine i'm not trying to restrict anybody's freedom to be able to dress and drag but why you feel the need to bring that kind of thing and these questions like oh we need these like young children to be able to question gender rigidity why 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 are you trying like just let them be kids yeah absolutely i think they're trying to live vicariously with their kids in some way and i think that this is just an example of a really harmful way of doing that right yeah i think you really mess your kids up with this kind of sexuality stuff yeah for sure and i just i feel like they're trying to almost like normalize this lifestyle to the point where even children have to accept. like it's not just enough for adults to say do whatever you want in your bedroom now it's that you have to be able to do it in the street and now it's that you have to be able to do it in the street with kids watching you. Yeah. And I, th- I think we'll see the results of this in three to five years, maybe a little bit more than that. But you'll see these kids that are raised in this era who grow up probably haven't been misled in some ways uh, and having to have. Or just like, yeah, confused. Because yeah, confused. Yeah. You're showing Absolutely. them things that they're not really emotionally or mentally mature enough to deal with. Or, or even more than that, someone like Desmond is amazing who's, yeah. who was like single digit age dancing in a strip club. Yeah, that's you know, just that's just exploitation. Like, that's a whole other level. 
Yeah, and, and I can imagine that if at some point he becomes uncomfortable with that in his life, that that will be a very traumatic experience for him in hindsight. Yeah. So, yeah, to me, it, 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 I think we're going to see in, in the future some some serious problems from this kind of behavior. Yeah, probably. And it's too bad because it's like, I, I don't think these parents are, are doing it with the intention of no confusing, scaring, or screwing up their kids. But at the same time, I think someone needs to kind of step in and say, hey, this is not okay. And I mean... If, if you are someone who's like in a pride parade, who's doing that kind of thing, and then you see children there, I don't know how you continue. Because even like, whenever I see someone comment on my videos, who's like, like 12 or 13, it makes me feel like, oh, crap. What about that time I, I swore or I made this joke? <laughs> so I don't know how you can continue on in a gimp suit when you see children in the crowd. That's all I'm saying. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, next story, AOC and concentration camps. Uh, this is a clown world goodness um so okay 2020 just around the corner and i think we're seeing that democrats and republicans are trying to make immigration one of the like the big issues yeah and we see that voters are consistently that they say that's one of the most the issues they're most concerned with anyway um so republicans they're definitely going to be bringing up how there are unprecedented numbers of border crossings right now they're going to be saying hey some something needs to be done if you vote for the democrats they're not going to do anything you need to vote for us us will be overwhelmed with people it doesn't have the resources to take care of uh you know low-skilled labor is already becoming jobs for people who are low-skilled are already becoming rare and rare with automation so hey let's just invite in a ton of low-skilled laborers probably not the best idea uh never mind the cultural and like crime related issues on the other side of that democrats are going to be trying to make this issue about how mean republicans are of course, yeah. Just like evil Hitlerian people. Lacking in all empathy, right? Exactly. Um, you know, psychopaths even I, I've seen thrown around. So if you've watched this show before, you'll know how I feel about the whole immigration issue. Um, but, but in any case, like uh, to that end in this conversation, AOC recently contributed this gem from, from her Twitter account. Uh, she said, this administration has established concentration camps on the southern border of the United States for immigrants where they are being brutalized with dehumanizing conditions and dying. This is not hyperbole. It is the conclusion of expert analysis. Okay. Obviously, people <laughs> have something to say about this. Yeah. Um, okay. First off, the thing that bothers me a lot when, um, you know, we see... I don't even want to say like just Democrats because I feel like that's not fair because not every Democrat is like this far left open borders kind of person, but they conflate immigrant with like legal immigrant, illegal immigrant, someone who is seeking asylum, someone who's been granted asylum. Um, these are all different. Refugee, yeah, yeah. Refugee. Like these are like an economic migrant. These are not one homogenous group of people. Absolutely. So, I mean, and even I was talking to my, my my father who who's a smart man but he actually he was under the impression because unfortunately he watches fake news cnn that if you if you try to go through like come to the u.s through the southern border you will just be rounded up <laughs> like doesn't matter what papers you have why you're there if a visa no you're just going to be rounded up and put into one of these camps because that's what like that's the the picture that they're trying to paint as of if course, yeah. you know uh the, the Johnson family who went to, I don't know, Tijuana for the weekend, they try to come back. No, I'm sorry. Uh, detention center. Cause that's just uh, what, and we're going to take your kids and put them in another camp. Yeah. That's just what happens. Uh, no, no. So th that is suicide though. The, the, the main thing here is the whole concentration yeah. camp. <laughs> it's a very it's, loaded this term. Is not a hyperbole though. Yeah, no, it's literally concentration camps. Um, 
So some people felt that, uh, you know, using the term concentration camp, and even she did an Instagram live where she mentioned the term never again. I think it was Instagram live, might have been Periscope though. But, uh, you know, by, by using these kinds of words, some people asserted that she was trying to, I don't know, invoke the Holocaust. Right seems uh, a, a little bit likely um and since then uh, a lot of people and it's not just conservatives this time like there are issues where it's like left right everyone goes to their tribe's side and just stays there but with stuff like this there were like a lot of people across the political spectrum saying hey you know you don't have to like the detention centers you don't have to like trump his immigration policy or whatever calling this a uh, concentration camp is just not accurate though um but of course, because like they're they're tribalists, there have been like verified Twitter journalists like Chris Hayes or people like that defending her and this right. analogy. That, right, they've the, doubled down. That's the major problem, I think, with this issue. Because to me, the most concerning part of, of this is that some people, I think, genuinely will come to believe that this is like the first sign that the new Third Reich is starting. That's exactly here in America, what right? they're saying. And then naturally, if you believe that, these people are they are forced to take radical steps in their minds because you think that you're about to save the extermination of people, right? Yeah, you because have to take radical action. What else what else would you do if there actually were concentration camps and people were actually being rounded up yeah. and put into concentration camps what would be the appropriate response? Of course you're ethically bound to You to would behave, have to. Right. So, yeah, you have this huge problem where people that they have influence in the nation have this delusional idea and are going to try to have some great changes come into place. Mm -hmm. And I think for, for any, uh, I guess, like voter or even someone who is in, in Congress right now, like if you think that Democrats are going to compromise with people they're they're saying are running concentration camps, like it's not going to happen. Whether or not they actually believe this, they've put this out there and they're defending it. So... I mean, I don't know how you could walk back like from AOC right now. I don't know how you could walk back from that. Um, what, what's interesting as well, though, is that because you always wonder, like, hey, is she gonna is she gonna back off, double down? No, she doubled down. Um, so we have this other other tweet of hers. So Liz Cheney, she tweeted out, please. AOC, do us all a favor and spend just a few minutes learning some actual history. Six million Jews were exterminated in the Holocaust. You demean their memory and disgrace yourself with comments like this. So she was among the many people who uh, felt that using the phrase concentration camp like this was kind of trivializing what happened in actual concentration camps. To which AOC re replied, uh, Liz Cheney, the fact that you employed the horrifying word exterminated here co-opting the language of the oppressor tells us that it's you that needs to brush up on your reading hope you enjoy defending concentration camps i won't back down fighting against them um the bad mustache man said a word so now we can't use it yeah you know? but like i'm pretty sure did I, he must have also said concentration camp then like i don't understand like it's, it's the whole hitler was a vegetarian argument yeah it's again, like right? no you know? you're exploiting hitler like what you yeah. Are you serious? Like, that's gaslighting. That is like, if there's ever like a dictionary example that needs to be had of gaslighting, you can just like paste this tweet here because it displays it wonderfully. And that felt like just a, like a rabid ad hominem attack, right? Like not much logic to it. Just bam. I'm like, you no, know? you Hitler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like, whoa. Yeah. It's, I, that's I, in I, Congress, right? Yeah, no, this is, this is great. This has been like awful for the country, but entertaining. Um, so, okay. For the record here, I think it's important that we define exactly what a concentration camp is because there's like there's this one general definition that I think is literally from either dictionary.com or MW um, that people have been using to say, no, these are concentration camps. That's just 
a place where people are kept under armed guards, essentially, is, is what that definition is. Um, in which case, a lot of things would be concentration camps. I mean, yeah. prisons and that, like, it's... Concentration camp has a very specific meaning, not just culturally, but in terms of, like, what it actually is. It's not... It's We're not just crazy for automatically linking that with the Nazis because it means a very specific thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Encyclopedia Britannica actually has a, a good, a more, I guess, in-depth... Uh, definition and this is something that I tweeted out earlier and I think Tim Pool also used this in a video that he did about the issue uh, according to them a concentration camp uh, is an internment center for political prisoners and members of national or minority groups who are confined for reasons of state security exploitation or punishment usually by executive decree or military order persons are placed in such camps often on the basis of identification with a particular ethnic or political group rather than as individuals and without benefit of either indictment or fair trial Concentration camps are to be distinguished from prisons and turning persons lawfully convicted of civil crimes and from prison and from prisoners of war camps in which captured military personnel are held under the laws of war. They are also to be distinguished from refugee camps or detention and relocation centers for the temporary accommodation of large numbers of displaced persons. Okay, so based on that, there are two reasons why this is just automatically does not qualify as concentration camps, not even talking about what the treatment that goes on in these camps, which we'll get to in a second. Um, so despite what a, a lot of people like AOC might think, people aren't put in these detention centers just because they're not white. Yeah, like that's it's, pretty obvious. Yeah, they're, they're not just rounding up Mexicans or non-white people and saying, hey, you're this shade. In the camp, that's not what what's happening, right? These are people who have either been like caught illegally or are trying to apply for asylum, whatever it is that are being put into these like uh, you know these relocation centers or whatever it is. Um, that right there is, is a huge reason why it's not a concentration camp. Taking specific individual people because of their individual circumstances is not the same as saying, "Hey, everyone who's a Jew, come with me." Yeah, not the same. And additionally, like they, they say very specifically that if you if you have a detention or relocation center, it, it's not the same thing. So those are like, I guess, the little, you know, finicky reasons why it's not a detention or it's not a concentration camp. Uh, the other reason why it's not a concentration camp is because it's nothing like any concentration camp. Right. Yeah, you're literally like the people that aren't in your nation are coming to your nation and then you're providing like food, food and, water, and shelter like, and accommodation yeah. for them and it's like I you mean, could say that you think that they deserve better accommodation in which right. case it's a matter of like resources costs uh that you know what right what responsibility do you have as a nation to provide a certain level of comfort to someone who essentially has just shown up maybe even tried to sneak across you don't know like that's its own conversation to have but still <laughs> someone trying to enter your country and then be saying hey you you can't come in yet or maybe not even at all we we need to check on this is not the same thing as rounding up citizens of your country right that is a huge distinction to make and i if you think that this was what was happening to the jews then i i think it's it's awful because you don't understand how awful it really was the holocaust how bad it really was the people who were jewish it's not like they were trying to illegally get in somewhere or they're trying to apply and they didn't have space like no they were just coming into your home like you were a german citizen they yeah. were just coming for you and sometimes prevented to leave the countries in fact yeah. exactly and i think trying to compare these situations really downplays how awful it was in 1940s germany 
to be a Jew. So it's it, it's frustrating to me because like these kinds of discussions, they really just muddy the water in the immigration debate. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and I think another thing that's been brought up with the concentration camp thing is that the the idea of child separation. And, you know, this is like... The thing with what's happening at these centers, like, of course, it's it's awful. These are people who are impoverished. That in general is awful, a reality of the world. But like, that's still awful. And then like, maybe you don't have papers. That's a hard thing. What do you do with the kids? The kids are probably it's just a crappy situation for everyone all around. Mm -hmm. The idea of trying to blame it all on Trump, though, or the Trump administration or the existence of borders in general is wrong though with the child separation issue we don't know who's related to who okay there are actually cases that have been reported of people renting children to get across yeah yeah and i don't think that it was just a trump policy as well I think no no it's like, not you know, the, obama carried out similar similar things yeah and, and especially time, for for the cases where people are caught trying to come in not at ports of entry without papers like that is illegal if you commit a crime no matter where it is you're going to get separated from your children yes. if, if i try if i take a kid and i try to sneak into disneyland and then they find us and then they take me to i don't know like disney prison I'm, you really have disneyland on your mind i want to go to disneyland okay I, this has been a theme for me lately um it's not disneyland's fault that i'm separated from the kids like, I didn't need to go there. These people didn't need to come here. Um, you know, regardless if it's because, um, I don't know, they don't have... Sorry, let me just say... Okay, yeah. So the, the the issue of people not needing to be in these centers, I think that's fair. Like, if you're someone who's coming in illegally, personally, I would just deport them right away. Maybe that's an unpopular coming decision. Coming through a port of entry. And then, yeah, get yeah. dealt with legally. Yeah, coming through a port process, of entry. But if, right? if, if, you, if you're found trying to cross illegally... And I'm sorry, you're going back. Um, and then another thing is that with the asylum, I, I guess, people who are looking for it, um, it, it, asylum law is awful, okay? Countries like Canada, the US, Britain, we all need to look at asylum laws because they're being exploited right now. Asylum, it's supposed to apply to the first safe country you reach. Yes. These people who are coming up through Mexico, Mexico is a safe country. You might say, oh, but it's not as nice as the US. That's not how the law works. Yep. In any way, shape, or Same form. Same thing in Europe when people are going through the Mediterranean and they want to reach Sweden or Germany, yeah. right? Like you know. it's the asylum not, law is not where you can get the, the most benefits. Right. It's it's just not. I'm sorry. If if you're an economic migrant, you you might say, oh, but there's better opportunities. Like, yeah, that's fine, but that's different than asylum. So if, if that's your intentions, I'm sorry, you don't you don't qualify for asylum. Additionally, we see that there are even people who are flying o over from Africa and trying to come up through South America now. Um, you're definitely not an asylum seeker. You are an economic migrant. And you know what? That We can have maybe discussion, hey, maybe you think that we should be taking in economic migrants. Um, you know, that's definitely Justin Trudeau's opinion. But th these are different things. And just to, to say that anybody who's in one of these camps, it's like a, a starving child who's like a refugee from a war-torn place, that is not an accurate depiction at all. Um, and... I don't want to be hyperbolic and say, oh, she's for open borders. But at the same time, I have yet to see someone like AOC name one single border protection measure that she would agree with or that she would support. Yeah. I mean, it, it wouldn't be hyperbolic to me to assume that. Yeah. Like, I, I literally, I have nothing. I have heard people That's like... That's the way it's going. It's a slippery slope. The way yeah, it's going. I yeah. have heard people like Bernie Sanders say he's not for open borders. Um, you know, it, uh, past Nancy Pelosi and past Chuck Schumer, they weren't for open borders. But like lately, I, I, I'm not hearing any any measure that they would agree to. So, 
Does the U.S. have concentration camps? No. No, it doesn't. Uh, if, if you're trying to perpetuate this, you're being inflammatory. And I think if you are someone who's saying this, then I have to wonder, then why aren't you doing more about it, right? If you actually think that pe like people are being put into concentration camps, I would think the, the, the moral responsibility would be on you to go and free these people. And you're not doing it. So my only conclusion is that you're either a coward or you don't actually believe it. I kind of tend toward the latter. Okay, um, Bella Thorne. <laughs> so I, I, I posted that we were going to be talking about this story earlier, and I think a lot of people weren't actually familiar with Bella Thorne, but because she was being attached to the phrase leaked nudes, they were interested. <laughs> so Bella Thorne, she's an actress. I think she started off as like one of these child actresses, uh, but she's been on some Netflix shows. Uh, I think The Babysitter featured her. She was also in Blended with Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Mm. I, I thought that was a cute movie. But overall, she's known for being, I guess, more into adult entertainment now. She's not as kid-friendly as she used to be. Yeah, I mean, I think she's only 21 right now. Yeah, but, and but I yeah. think she's going through that, like, Miley Cyrus period where she feels yeah. the need to rebel against her once good girl ways. Anyway, um, yeah, so she recently actually got hacked, which is never fun, but which makes this even, I guess, a more of a difficult situation is that the hacker found nude photos of her and threatened or blackmailed her threatening to release her nudes and in what is admittedly kind of a power move bella was just like screw you i'm releasing them myself this isn't the first time a celebrity has been hacked i'm not sure that like this exact it's situation not even has rare been. at this point yeah it's very common i don't know about the extortion part of it yeah, yeah that that's, i haven't heard of that's what i don't know about but at this point it's yeah to, to me it's like you got to be a lot more careful a lot more careful yeah well, if you're even a regular person you have to be more careful than you probably already are but if you're a celebrity yeah yeah there's know. there i think they called it the fappening yeah and there was a fappening uh, too in yeah fact. it's so, it's happened to quite a few of these celebrities and i just want to say not only is this like morally repugnant that you would go in try to hack into someone's stuff and then like their photos it's also illegal like hacking into someone's account that's illegal blackmail in the bella thorne case that's illegal. And, you know, this is something that it's one of these areas where the law has kind of taken a little bit longer to catch up to technology. But according to the C Cyber Civil Rights Initiative, 46 states right now have at least some kind of anti-revenge -re porn law on the books. Yeah. So I, this if you do this, you're going to be in trouble. Um, even the places where there are no specific anti-revenge porn laws, I think they're trying to work on um, different things like copyright or, or like distributing images without permission to, to ensure that anyone who does do this doesn't get away with it um, because this is kind of becoming a trend that's happening. Um, so obviously, even though Bella Thorne, she ended up releasing them herself emotionally, I think we can all imagine that this would be a lot to go through. Yeah. Um, and I think I was wondering this, is it worse, do you think, to like be a celebrity and have your nudes leaked or be like a regular person and have your nudes leaked? Because if you're a celebrity, I think there's a potentially less of a chance that it's going to hurt your career. Because someone like Bella Thorne, I doubt she's going to lose jobs over this considering she's not a Disney star anymore. Mm. But if you are a regular person like a uh, a banker or an accountant or a lawyer, this could potentially have more of an impact on your career. But fewer people would be interested in seeing your nudes in the first place. So it's... Uh, it's it's really hard to quantify, like, suffering. Yeah, you know? it's so, not good in either case. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I have to say, not that I'm impressed with people, but I've, I'm kind of looking up this story. It does seem that most of the comments that I've seen 
even the ones who are like creepily happy about being able to see here like they're they're actually yeah. sympathetic i think most people i was gonna say i think some of the audio only listeners are gonna be disappointed but we're not showing yeah any we're pictures, not showing the way, so. nudes on the yeah <laughs> of course not um yeah but people i think recognize that this was a bad thing that happened to her that this is emotionally got to be draining a uh, huge invasion of privacy yeah and you think it's unethical for people to go and search those photos now i i do think it is um obviously i'm not going to put it on the same level as if you personally hacked into her account took yeah. it and then released yeah, 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 yeah. it you know there there are kind of like shades of gray here especially since you know she did release it herself but i think we all need to try to understand that she she did this under duress she didn't want to release these photos um you're not as bad of the hacker if you look at them, but just I would hope that people kind of understand like, hey, she didn't want you to be looking at these. She took these for someone who is not you and, you know, try to handle that as sensitively as you can, hopefully. Um, added controversy to the story, though, as if this wasn't enough of, I don't know, media juiciness. Not only was she hacked, blackmailed, and then leaked her own nudes, but uh, Whoopi Goldberg, who is on The View, she's come under fire for what a lot of people have interpreted as almost like victim-shaming Bella for her nudes being yeah. hacked. And we have that clip, too. Listen, if you're famous, I don't care how old you are, you don't take nude pictures of but yourself because... But she only because, to share with one person. But she should... Listen, when they're hacking you, they're hacking all of your stuff. So whether it's one picture or a million pictures, once you take that picture, yeah. it goes into the cloud and it's available to any hacker who wants it. And if you don't know that in 2019, mm. that this is an issue, you, you, I'm sorry, your age does not, you don't get to do that. So that whole clip did last a little bit longer, but because of copyright, of course, we, we need to be careful. Um, a lot of other women on the panel is the view panel i don't even know i guess so yeah, yeah a lot of other on women on the panel were sympathetic to bella like joy bayar who i actually really don't care for um she took an approach that i thought was kind of nice she was trying to like be light-hearted about it saying hey like she's young she's gorgeous if i looked like her i'd leak my own nude sort of thing mm -hmm. um and then megan mccain said that a lot of people take nudes nowadays and she said she's had them sent to her if her family wasn't in politics specifically she probably would have sent them too and she said it's very common and that whoever hacked bella is a scumbag but um but you see she said the same thing in one sense what Whoopi said right she said i didn't take them because it's unwise to take them yeah well right? i think that's that's the issue here because i mean i'm, I'm not a fan of bella thorns but I wouldn't wish what she's going through on anybody like it's right. it's, a, it's a really hard thing and i think for any crime it's fair to say that there are things you can do to mitigate the risk of being targeted, right? So like if we're talking about robbery, if you want to mitigate the risk, you lock your doors, install an alarm system, get a dog. Um, you know, in the case of leaked nudes, the surest way to protect yourself would be don't take the nudes, Yeah. right? And I don't think it's um, a bad thing to mention that, especially when we're talking about like young kids who are maybe not the most responsible, not really thinking long-term. Or famous young women. Yeah, well, I, I would know. frankly include her in that because she's right. like, what, 20 or something like that? Yep. Um, but, but if a crime does happen to you, I think even if you didn't take the precautions or enough precautions to protect yourself, that still doesn't make what happened any less awful. Yeah, of course. Right? Like, yeah. even if even if you didn't lock it doesn't the excuse door. the crime. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. excuse the crime. Like, should, should you have locked the door when you left? Probably. Does that make the fact that all of your belongings were stolen from you any less horrible? No. Still awful. And I think 
with the whole Whoopi Goldberg thing, a lot of people were kind of feeling that she was saying everything Bella should have done or didn't do or was stupid to not have done. And she didn't really seem to sympathize with the fact that ultimately her privacy was violated. She was hacked and blackmailed. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people yeah. were disappointed with, with Whoopi for. Well, I understand because it does come across like she is kind of victim blaming. But at the same time, I think at this point, after Fappening 1, Fappening 2, and just so many other celebrities, particularly women, get their nudes leaked, it's like, you need a wake-up call, clearly, because this keeps happening. People are a little bit too nonchalant with their... Their, well, their, the thing their online is, security. The it's thing not their is, fault that the that it, but, but I, to you know. to push back on that, like there are times when it's revenge porn in which they send it to someone they shouldn't have sent yeah, it to. That's different. That's that's not what happened to her. Like she was right. hacked. Yeah. So I feel like that is like I, I do. I'm not sure. If you can Whoopi totally Mel- avoid being hacked, by the way. But we don't we don't know what like what kind of precaution she was or was not taking. Right. And the thing is, I don't know if Whoopi actually meant to victim blame because it was like there were other people right. on the panel and like. I don't know if she meant it the way that I think she came across. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't totally get that vibe either. And yeah, she probably in some sense might have been also trying to make the conversation happen. Right, right. like trying to not true. just we're all not just on one side here, but here's another side where I think that she could have done something better. And and I yeah I. In some sense, I do agree with what Whoopi said, right? Almost everything she said was right. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, what she's saying isn't isn't wrong. It would be really hard to argue against the idea that your nudes won't be leaked if you don't take nudes. Like yeah. that's, that's, that's fact. Or, or even like, let's say you send one like via a Snapchat or something like that. Something that fades, goes away. You make sure your significant other deletes it. If you're in these spots of, you know, you just have to take every precaution possible. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are people are a little bit too naive about their personal security when they got their Apple that apparently can't get viruses or whatever the heck they think it is. Yeah. You know? So we just need a little bit more awareness for these kind of things. Because with, just with a couple good practices, you could avoid most of this happening. True. Um, with that being said, though, Bella Thorne was definitely none too pleased about what Whoopi Goldberg was saying mm-hmm. about her situation. And she released this tearful video. I'm not gonna lie, I, I want to say that I feel pretty disgusting, you know, I feel pretty disgusting Whoopi knowing everyone's seen, like, you know, my shit. and, um, and I just want to say that me watching this interview made me feel really bad about myself, and I, and I hope you're happy, I, I really do, I really hope you're so f***ing happy, because I can only imagine all of the kids who have, um, it released, and then they commit suicide, and, you know, uh, <laughs> You're so crazy for, for, for thinking such terrible things on such an awful situation. Like, you know, I, I don't really want to go on The View anymore because I don't really want to be beaten down by a bunch of older women for my body and my sexuality. I don't really feel like that. And so I'm going to cancel my interview because I don't really want you guys talking about your views to young girls because I would not want my daughter to learn that. And I would never say that to her. Shame on you whoopee shame on you and shame on you for putting that public opinion just out there like that for every young girl to think that they're disgusting for even taking a photo like that saying if you take a sexy photo then it basically deserves to get leaked like don't be surprised at all and don't feel sorry for yourself so if i go out to a party drinking and i want to dance on the dance floor do i deserve to be raped because to me i see those two things really similar okay so i think it's hard to see that and not feel sympathy for her like that's i Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine i don't even like it when an unflattering regular photo of me is released or like a bad screen grab so i I think most of us we can't kind of imagine what she must be going through emotionally with that being said though Mm -hmm. i i do think that 
you know, trying to tie suicide into what Whoopi Goldberg was saying. I think someone who would bully you for having this leaked or try to exploit that, I don't think that's what she was doing. I think, again, she could have been a lot more tactful, a lot more sensitive to the situation that Bella Thorne's in. Yeah. But I also, you know, the whole older woman shaming her for doing whatever she wants with her bike, I... It, it's hard because I, I, I don't think that's what, what she was doing, no. but she still didn't say what I think she needed to say well. Yeah. You, you know what also I want to mention a side note of all that is if you see that video of her crying that way and the pain that she's in, I've seen her Twitter post, and then you still go and you look at her nudes and, and maybe, yeah. you know, that's, and get your whatever pleasure you want out of that. It's like you need to get your mindset checked. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit, that's a little bit much. Yeah, it would be, it would be really, really hard. It's a, and that's how I... This is like a little tangent, but I watched the documentary Hot Girls Wanted, which is about like amateur porn and just like seeing how the girls, I don't know, are like so young and naive and I think a lot of ways exploited. I think it, if I were a guy or even even a girl, it would make me very, um, I don't know, very hesitant about a lot of the stuff that maybe you don't really think about of them being a person. What kind of conditions are this? Um I don't know if I'm advocating for ethical porn here, but it's just something to think about it's because a whole, they, yeah, it's a whole yeah. different conversation. Yeah, these whole, people are yeah. you know behind the screen. They're their their own people with mm-hmm. their own stories and struggles that I think it's it's very easy to just ignore if we, if we're kind of just looking at them as as a piece of meat. Um, so I guess the question is like, what is the best way for Bella to move past this? Because yeah, well, there's actually something really interesting on that that I saw that wasn't really in the stuff that we covered, but I have a quote from her here. She actually thought that the person who hacked her was a young person, probably a young man, that's a minor. Probably she thinks is a 17-year-old. So she said this about the man. He's still a kid and we make mistakes. This mistake is a bad one. But I don't want some 17-year-old's life ruined because he wasn't thinking straight and being an idiot. Plus, he's obviously smart. So if he got on the right side of the tracks, he could possibly, actually possibly help our community and be an alliance. You can't always tear someone down for their bad sides, but more so build up their good sides. That's like very mature of her. If Yeah, this, like, to me that was interesting, but there's actually been a little bit of backlash about that. And that's because she had also said that she was going to press charges on this young man um, in order to prevent other people from having to succumb to the same kind of fate. Mm-hmm. Well, know? I mean, so you, you have can... that dichotomy between... I, I don't think letting, I guess, someone move and grow necessarily means you don't press any charges at all, right? If there are different mm-hmm. felonies, different misdemeanors, you can choose what you do and do not pursue, yeah. as can the jury. Like, maybe I think it's a good thing she doesn't want someone's life ruined if it is a minor, um, very different conversation if he's, like, someone who's, like, 40. But, yeah. you know, that doesn't necessarily mean nothing happens to it, especially when we are looking at a, a whole string of these cases happening and this might set a precedent for it's not this one individual case. Yeah, um, I thought that was a very mature take for someone that's only 21 years old. And, no, yeah, no, it is. Especially someone actually. who like this is just, just happened yeah. to and in such a public way. And it's like, it's it's kind of hard to say, but it's like there, there's really nothing she can do, but just kind of like try to move on and hope that people are mm-hmm. like not jerks to her about it because yeah. like this is not something she obviously planned for herself. Uh, definitely not a feel-good story. There's a pun to be made there somewhere, but I'm not. I'm gonna leave it. Okay, <laughs> final story. Reparations. House just had a hearing on reparations, which it, that shocks me. I I, I feel like. I, Five years ago, this was this fringe. The idea of reparations was this fringe thing. Only the most radical activists were talking about. Now there's an actual like hearing about this in the House. Anyway, uh, but no, Democrats aren't trying to buy votes. 
don't be don't be don't be ridiculous no um so tanahisi coats tanahisi coats i'm almost definitely performing a microaggression and saying that wrong he's an activist and writer, one of the most prominent people who, who's been pushing for the idea of reparations. And he was one of these people who was testifying at the hearing. Um, and just if you're if you're a follower of this channel, we have done a video on reparations before. What was that, like a few months ago? Uh, something like that. Yeah, um, we go into into the whole issue more in depth than we will here. So if you haven't seen it, I encourage you to look it up. We actually uh, kind of go through one of Coates' pieces in that video as well as look at things like a wealth distribution and, and all that. I think it was one of our better ones, actually. I really like that one. Mm-hmm. took a long time to do, so watch it. Um, he, here's some footage of Coates' testimony uh, from the hearing. And so for a century after the Civil War, black people were subjected to a relentless campaign of terror, a campaign that extended well into the lifetime of Majority Leader McConnell. It is tempting to divorce this modern campaign of terror, of plunder, from enslavement. But the logic of enslavement, of white supremacy, respects no such borders. And the god of bondage was lustful and begat many heirs, coup d'etats and convict leasing, vagrancy laws and debt peonage, redlining and racist GI bills, poll taxes and state-sponsored terrorism. We grant that Mr. McConnell was not alive for Appomattox, but he was alive for the electrocution of George Stinney. He was alive for the blinding of Isaac Woodward. He was alive to witness kleptocracy in his native Alabama and a regime premised on electoral theft. Majority Leader McConnell cited civil rights legislation yesterday, as well he should, because he was alive to witness the harassment, jailing, and betrayal of those responsible for that legislation by a government sworn to protect them. He was alive for the redlining of Chicago and the looting of black homeowners of some $4 billion. Victims of that plunder are very much alive today. I am sure they'd love a word with the majority leader. So he obviously has a lot of feelings about this. Uh, a lot of people try to make the idea of reparations just about slavery. But what I thought was interesting about that clip and honestly Coates' writing in general is that he he really makes it about a lot more than slavery. He's not saying like, oh, slavery, therefore reparations. He actually brings up the history of systemic discrimination, which is fair. It, it happened. I mean, my position uh, about reparations is, and I mentioned this in our other video about it, is that if you're an individual who was wronged by the government, absolutely seek redress. Yeah, yeah. Like absolutely. if your rights were like, absolutely doesn't That's like matter. Anything like you know, if someone wrongs you, you could sue them. Mm-hmm. You could press charges, whatever it is. If the government wrongs you, yeah. you're, you're owed something. I think that that's fair. For sure. Like if if you are a a black person who did have property or valuables taken from them, like like he, like he stated, then you deserve restitution. You should go after that. Uh, even, you know, in any situation nowadays where there's a confrontation with the police, if you feel that you've been wronged or mistreated, you had your rights violated, whatever, I absolutely agree that something should be done to, to make that right. Um, however, the idea, though, and this is really the the lens that he's painting this through, uh, that an entire race of people deserve reparations for things that may or may not have happened to them personally. That doesn't make sense to me. Right, exactly. That doesn't make sense to the me. The whole intergenerational trauma stuff again. and Or racial trauma as a yeah, whole. Yeah, racial trauma. And, and you have all these dichotomies right now where it's like race doesn't exist, but then also as a race, we, we have trauma. You yeah. Know? So things like that that I find very disconcerting, but I also find just this idea of intergenerational trauma just like very patronizing. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, 
I'm I'm part Native Canadian. I'm also part Irish. I guess two groups that are historically discriminated against, although one of them is more famous than the other. Because in Canada, we had a lot less um, black discrimination, right? Yeah. Like almost none. There was no real slavery here. Because um, we didn't really have black people. Yeah. Really, yeah. It wasn't really, I mean, the, there were some blacks that were mistreated here, but it, was yeah, it wasn't, it, was, it wasn't on the same level as the United States. Yeah. Really what we did here was, uh, we, the, the natives, the, the natives yeah. are kind of Unfortunately, the, main, the main focus of that. Yeah. I don't like speaking for groups. I don't really, I don't speak that way, but when I see what's happening with all these groups that seem to have, cause in Canada, we do have basically a lot of reparations or exceptions that that happen to natives uh, like you get you know free dental things like that mm-hmm. I mean, there are on reserves education very, yeah. grants that are available to you small business grants that are available Not everything to you. is good though and i think that if you look at the status of, of how these people live on the reserves i think that we haven't helped them at all no that these not- reparations lead to a victim mentality it removes people of their agency it, it, i think it takes away people's ability to care for themselves yeah which is that's what I think the result is. So I think it's very troubling, and I think that especially if it's like intergenerational trauma, which in Canada's case it always it isn't necessarily. There are people that have been wrong that are still alive today, right? Because right? I think which the is, uh, again, what, what are those schools that they used to take the natives to? Uh, the, the residential schools. Yeah, those were around until yeah. I think maybe even within our lifetimes. Um, I think the last one closed, if I if I recall, might have been in the early nineties. Yeah, but it was it wasn't that long ago. It was in the rec- It was in the later nineteenth. Uh, 20th century right so i mean in, in canada there's a more recent history of this not that it was as bad as it used to be up until the 90s but still yeah, what was happening yeah. was not okay and i think if you are someone that was in that position especially you absolutely deserve like what happened to you was wrong um but the the idea that you know just because even if your grandfather had this happen to them do you deserve anything right. for it i think that really opens up a can of worms that there's no end to right and i also think that everybody's had family that has trauma from one source or another, right? Like, Unfortunately, yes. You know, that's just the reality of life. Not all of us have had great lives and, and you know, all of us are going to suffer in some way. And, you know, maybe some of that will carry on to our grandchildren in some ways, but it's also their responsibility as a human being to overcome a lot of those things. If they're not being wrong directly, we can't just do this forever. You can't, you know, if I'm, if I, get in a car accident and break my leg that person isn't guilty for my my grandchildren's lives well that's what a lot of people have been wondering with this is if we do go down this road and institute reparations like where does this end you know if we if we do it for black people does that mean that the native americans are going to ask for more that the chinese you know chinese are some are people who were systemically discriminated against in the u.s like the asian exclusion act okay Mm -hmm. um miscegenation laws in california were meant specifically to prevent people like me from being born are we going to start asking for reparations now i mean and who says that we stop at just races why don't you know women we've also had the vote historically denied to us can we get some female reparations can we get reparations from like individual parties if your grandfather was wronged my grandfather can i then it, it where does this <laughs> yeah how, how how many sins does the father pass to his son exactly you know, exactly and, and just the i guess the logistics of trying to determine who would get these reparations right and what they should be yeah right yeah, so this, like do we have to prove lineage genetically to say that you were actually a slave and this actually happened to one of right. your uh, genetic ancestors or is it a just like oh you're a black person you're a black person even though you're a recent migrant who's exactly wasn't in, in like America do, do the these time. reparations apply to like nigerian immigrants who do better off per capita than like the average right. american per, like 
And, and to me, one of the things about this is I think it's a recent invention, this reparation stuff. It's kind of come up more recently. And it's, it's, it's The call steam. is getting louder and yeah. louder the further we move away and, from it. And it's interesting to me because I think that it comes from the need to explain the, the differences between groups, these disparities mm -hmm. between groups that people assumed would be closed faster, right? In the, uh, in the 1960s, there's a huge push with a blank slate to try... The tabula through, rasa. Yeah, yeah. To, with, through education to, to make everything even again. And it didn't work out, right? It hasn't worked out the way that we thought it would. And now that it hasn't worked out, they're trying to look for other explanations as to how this could be. Mm -hmm. and and so that's where they, they're saying that the, I guess, the results, the effects of slavery and all this discrimination must still be here because look at these, yes. like these wealth gaps. But actually, um, gosh, Coleman Hughes who's a writer who's written for Quillette before, he did a great piece kind of examining things like education levels, spending habits. Um, and if, if you take all that into account, then a lot of the wealth, wealth gap Father, that fatherlessness, exists, fatherlessness, right. a lot of the wealth gaps, all of the crime gaps can actually be ex explained statistically. But the, the issue with that is that it leads us to the conclusion that groups behave differently, that groups have different results. And I yeah. think that explanation to them is unacceptable yeah i agree with that so which is like so they, they have to come up with this mentality to explain their worldview yeah that's what i think it is which is really really hard because i think then that kind of leaves people who are caucasian or asian american ultimately footing the bill right and i think someone mentioned or nigerian this. or whatever it is yeah or yeah, whatever like you know. footing the bill you're, you're gonna be putting tribal groups against each other because you're literally going to be saying okay we're taking money from you to give to them and the thing is and i was thinking about this and this was a point i hadn't thought about before if you are given reparations as a black person you think that wrongs of slavery jim crow redlining were awful if you're given reparations today the people who instituted those policies the people who enforce those policies are not the ones who are going to be paying your reparations it's going to be the people today right you can't go back in time and like retroactively punish those people who did those things because they're they're not around um would you feel comfortable um you know making your countrymen today who live next to you today your neighbors today paying for all of this unfortunately i think people like tennessee coates would say yes yeah and it's completely undeserved in my opinion um do you think they're do you think this conversation is going to move any further are the democrats going to try to make this a a point for 2020 I mean, I suspect that the next Democrat in power, if things continue as they are, will institute some kind of reparations, maybe similar to what we have here in Canada with the natives. And that might even be present in the States. I don't know with, about that. But I, reparations I, yeah. also here, to be clear, they're not all bad. Some of them some of them are like natives are exempt from hunting laws, things like that. Yeah, that which I, I do are, support. That's like totally, totally fine. But um, yeah, I, I suspect that it's going to happen eventually. Yeah, which is too bad because I think if you look at you know, different metrics of how race relations are going. In some ways, they're they're improving constantly. People are more accepting of things like living next to someone of a different race or yeah. having a family member marry someone of a different race. But, I mean, if you look at how people report their feelings of, like, racial strife and division, it's actually getting worse. And I think if you were to institute something like this, these tensions would just increase. Because, again, anything yeah. where you're you're focusing on divisions instead of trying to bring people together and unite them, it's going to make things worse. And you're guilting a group of people as well. Yeah. You're, you're, for something that they didn't do. Yeah. In most, in like the vast overwhelming majority of cases. And I think that that's, 
that's what sits the wrongest with me, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I, that that's what really. Yeah, makes I mean, us... ultimately, that's why I dismiss a lot of this reparation stuff. Like again, if something happened to you personally, government went after you for whatever reason. I I think there should be some redress for that, absolutely. But when we get to the point of people who never did anything to anyone having to pay other people who never had anything happen to them then I think we've gone too far. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think that's it for now. Um, Thank you guys so much for watching. If you're someone who's with us live, then be sure to stay on this stream because we will be right back with some exclusive Q&A in just a few seconds. But aside from that, we'll see you guys next time. Bye.